This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And here we go. You're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Here to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at and illusion is usually king. But in the battle for the survival of this republic, it's going to be reality, not illusion or delusion that will determine the future. We're live on iHeartRadio and on demand on all your favorite podcast directories. And you can follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. You can shoot me an email at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. Or call the vent line and leave your rant at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Well, yesterday I was wondering if I was going to be able to sit through another night of this Democrat national dumpster fire in Milwaukee. Uh, I watched some of it. I watched... um, I tuned in and out of it. I had the sound off, so I, I didn't have to sit through these uh, these production clips in between the uh, the speeches. But uh, whenever somebody came on that I knew was going to say something that we would need to to set right to dissect and uh, and bring to you, I, I would turn the sound back up. So we're going to cover all of that. But first, on yesterday's show, uh, the president announced. A, a full pardon for Susan B. Anthony, and he did this on the 100th anniversary of women uh, winning the right to vote with, I think it's the 19th Amendment. Susan B. Anthony, of course, was the leader of the suffragette movement, the suffrage movement, and, um, you know, was a great figure in American history. And as I was uh, making that announcement yesterday or bringing that news to you, it occurred to me that uh, if Trump was pardoning her, it wouldn't be very long before the left turned on her. And, you know, I thought, well, that's not possible. This is Susan B. Anthony, one of the most revered civil rights figures in American history. <laughs> Boy, I was wrong. I, I underestimated this Trump derangement syndrome that afflicts the left. He announced uh, that he was going to do it early in the morning, and then he announced that he was, or he made the actual um, pardon later in the afternoon. But by 10 a.m., <laughs> the left uh, had already turned on poor Susan B. Anthony and her place in history, and were denouncing her, uh, uh, well, the pardon by saying this is obscene that. Uh, Pardoning her was implying that she was a criminal, though that's not what a pardon does. A pardon says that there was a miscarriage of justice here and it needed to be set right. The real question is, 
why is it taking so long to issue this pardon and recognize that Susan B. Anthony didn't break any legitimate law? And then by noon, they were telling her that, um, well, uh, Donald Trump stole her legacy by issuing this pardon. And, uh, and, and she needed, you know, this, this patina of, uh, uh, a criminal conviction to hold her place in history. Susan B. Anthony herself described her arrest for voting, having the, the, uh, the backbone to exercise her democratic rights as one of the greatest judicial outrages in history. Of course, she would have taken a pardon and set history straight. But by 2 p.m., <laughs> they had uh, decided that uh, not only was Susan B. Anthony would not want a pardon, but she was not worthy of a pardon because she was, in fact, according to the left, this, the lynch mob on social media was an actual fascist and a Nazi even before the Nazi movement arose. The lieutenant governor of New York State, a woman named Kathy Hochschel, demanded that the president rescind his pardon and take it back. And I was uh, I was headed out to the uh, to the package store last night to restock in preparation for the Democrat uh, convention. And I heard this long production piece on national public radio that basically just trashed the legacy of Susan B. Anthony and said that not only shouldn't Trump have pardoned her, but she wasn't worthy of her place in history because she had complained that uh, I think it was the, the 14th amendment, maybe the 13th amendment gave black men the right to vote before uh, women got the right to vote, white and black. She never made any differentiation. She never wanted just white women to get to vote. She wanted all American citizens to have the right to vote. <laughs> but if you uh, if you want to just recognize the real uh, totally mentally debilitating hold that Trump derangement syndrome has on these people, here is a, a a clip. It's a hit piece on Susan B. Anthony that I pulled down off of social media. Susan B. Anthony doesn't deserve your I voted stickers. Hi, my name is Luria. Every election year, women cast their ballots and trek to Mount Hope Cemetery in Rochester, New York. They proudly place their I voted stickers on the headstone of women's suffrage heroine, Susan B. Anthony. They have perpetuated idealized versions of Anthony and her white colleagues, such as Carrie Chapman Catt. And there's, there's the nub of it. They now hate Susan B. Anthony because it's been drawn to their attention that she was white. And Elizabeth Cady Stanton. Evidence of their ruthless racial bias has been pushed to the shadows, enabling the erasure of their women of color counterparts who also fought tirelessly for the right to vote. Susan B. Anthony only appeared to care about black people when the state. So, the, I mean, she's basically saying it right there because Susan B. Anthony led this and because she was white, then she erased black women that were supporting the right to vote, too. That is the extent of this, uh, if this mental illness that is afflicting the left.
status quo was in her favor. In 1864, Women's Loyal National League President Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Anthony, the League Secretary, both signed a congressional petition in support of the 13th Constitutional Amendment to abolish slavery. There you go. She avoided, uh, 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 supported the abolition of slavery. Their petition garnered nearly 400,000 signatures. Big number However, when the 15th Amendment was ratified, giving African-American men the right to vote, Anthony Stanton and her colleagues were enraged. They were enraged because they were still denied the right to vote. Of course they were enraged. It should have given everyone the right to vote. Uh, you know what the president ought to do? is uh, hold a press conference, do it in the Rose Garden, and announce his uh, support for eating as necessary for survival. And watch and see if these leftists don't immediately renounce eating and go on a hunger strike. (laughs) Trump could say the sky is blue and they would immediately mobilize a movement around demanding that it was not. So the Democrats' virtual reality, alternate reality convention continued last night. We're told by the media that it is wildly successful and and deeply inspirational. There's one problem with that. On Monday night, the ratings for the uh, convention was were down 30%. Now, we're living in a very um, trying times. And... The media would have you to believe that uh, the the electorate in this country is desperate for relief from the bad orange man. So if that was really the case, how do you explain the ratings on the opening night of the Democrats convention to be down 30% from four years ago? We still haven't seen the ratings from Tuesday night, but it's hard to imagine that they would go up. There was nothing on Monday night's program that would hold anybody's attention or want them to tune in again, including myself. But if anything, last night's event uh, uh, managed to be even worse than the first night. The production values were a little bit better, but as far as the alternate reality, the utter and complete cynical dishonesty of it all, they really cranked that up last night. They brought out old Bill Clinton, notorious um, womanizer, uh, had a uh, sexually abused a young intern in the Oval Office, is credibly accused of rape, and had been, I thought, banished to the wilderness because of the Me Too movement that demands that we believe all women... Of course, they have now modified that, but we believe all Democrat women who are making accusations against Republicans. That's what they mean by me too. And uh, on the uh, on the same week that photos emerged of Bill Clinton getting uh, Bill Clinton getting a massage, um, on the Lolita Express, I think they were actually in a stopover in Portugal from one of uh, Jeffrey Epstein's victims. They brought Bill Clinton to the podium, the virtual podium at the, the Democrat national convention. And, you know, Clinton does remind you that 
he actually had um, political chops. He is able to to mount a, a an effective attack. It was no more honest than any of the others, but it was uh, coherent at least. Here's a clip of what he said last night. Donald Trump says we're leading the world. Well, we are the only major industrial economy to have its unemployment rate tripled. At a time well, why would that unemployment rate be tripling? Could it be because the governors in our largest states of California, New York, and Illinois closed down their economies despite all evidence in history of dealing with a properly dealing with a pandemic? Like this, the Oval Office should be a command center. Instead, it's a storm center. This guy's got the nerve to talk about what the Oval Office should be with his history. The uh, the media says, well, that was just a consensual affair. You can't have a consensual affair between the president of the United States and a, a White House interim less than half of his age. The The power imbalance there is ridiculous. He, he preyed on Monica Lewinsky, and now he wants to tell us what the proper function of the Oval Office is. There's only chaos. Just one thing never changes. His determination to deny responsibility and shift the blame. Yeah, he won't take responsibility for the failures of the Democrats in these blue states. I don't blame him. The The Democrats absolutely want to destroy this economy so that they can win an election, and they, then they want Donald Trump to accept the blame for it. The buck never stops there. Now you have to decide whether to renew his contract or hire someone else. If you want a president who defines the job as spending hours a day watching TV and zapping people on social Yeah, this, uh, this has been the most uh, proactive president in our lifetimes. He works endlessly. Yeah, uh, a Twitter is part of that because he has to get his message out. And the one way he's able to do that is to go over the head of the mainstream media. In that same clip, Clinton accused uh, Trump of having more more um, COVID cases than any other nation. That's because he foolishly listened to them and put together the the most widespread testing regime in the world. I said from the beginning that there was no useful purpose in doing that. That if people presented with uh, symptoms, then you could con- you could test them and confirm it. But other than that, it was just going to gen up numbers for the Democrats to use as a bludgeon against the president. You know, this this follows on uh, Monday night's convention when Andrew Cuomo, or, yeah, Andrew Cuomo came up there and claimed that New York was the model of dealing with this, despite the fact that they had more deaths in New York by virtue of Como's decision to send infected patients into nursing homes than Texas, Arizona, and Florida combined. They want, they want to push all that down the memory hole. So they had, a <laughs> they had faux Indian, Focahontas, Elizabeth Warren actually spoke at the Native American caucus meeting. She was included in the Native American caucus meeting. So apparently they're trying to rehabilitate the claim that Elizabeth Warren is, in fact, 
an American Indian and, uh, and carries the banner for Native Americans. Here's a clip of Elizabeth Warren sitting down with Stephen Colbert uh, talking about whether or not the Biden administration is going to be far enough left to satisfy the Bernie bros. In fact, Bernie Sanders said that he will have the most progressive uh, uh, programs of any president since FDR. Meanwhile, John Kasich is saying, no, he's not going to go too far left, which is true. So look, let's just look at the facts. Joe Biden has committed to build back better. And let me tell you what that means through Joe Biden's own. I can tell you what it means. It means that he is committed to this, uh, this left wing Democrat platform that he has allowed Bernie Sanders and AOC to write for him. That includes, uh, eliminating fossil fuels that includes free health care for all, including illegal immigrants and a whole host of other <clears throat> Marxist prescriptions. We're going to talk more about that after the break. AOC herself made her appearance, and we'll get to that right after this message. Stick with us. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Well, AOC spoke at last night's convention, and uh, the the attempt to rehabilitate the little Marxist bartender and uh, inject her her fevered commie ideas into the mainstream started. Uh, they put together one of these gauzy speeches for her. It was supposed to last sixty seconds. She actually went on for ninety seconds. So I guess she's uh, <laughs> her radicalism has been scaled back somewhat. But listen to this, and, uh, and I will uh, try to interpret it for you as it goes. Good evening, bienvenidos, and thank you to everyone here today endeavoring towards a better, more just future for our country and our world. In fidelity and gratitude to a mass people's movement working to establish 21st century social, economic, and human rights. So what she's doing there is trying to uh, do an apology for the Black Lives Matter and the Antifa riots in the streets, that they're just out there working for a better future, not only for the United States, but for the whole world by looting, rioting, assaulting, and killing people. Including guaranteed health care, higher education, living wages, and labor rights for all people in the United States. Well, what she wants is guaranteed housing, a guaranteed job, a guaranteed income, a guaranteed health care, and a guaranteed education. Just like has happened in all of these socialist Marxist countries, it will destroy any reason to get up out of bed in the morning because you've got a guaranteed income. And if you can learn to just, you know, love sitting in your guaranteed housing and taking your online guaranteed education while you collect on your food stamps, well, that'll just be great as far as uh, the, the Marxist worldview goes a movement striving to recognize and repair the wounds of racial injustice, colonization, 
misogyny, and homophobia. We hate those evil white people. We've got to reject whiteness. You know, she, like I said, they, they've toned down her rhetoric quite a bit. But she's still saying the same thing. She's just using the code language of the Democrat Party. And to propose and build reimagined systems of immigration and foreign policy. Open borders, defund the police. Foreign policy, I suppose, means, um, you know, uh, signing on to these international treaties that destroy America, like the Paris Climate Accord and the World Court, the World Trade Organization. That turn away from the violence and xenophobia of our past. Those hateful white people again. A movement that realizes the unsustainable brutality of an economy that rewards explosive inequalities of wealth for the few. Well, there is the the potency of this message. Through our failure to enforce the antitrust laws, we have allowed these huge uh, uh, these huge corporations to take over uh, too much of our economy and direct the the proceeds, the profits from that to too few people. But that is not solved through Marxism. That is solved through free enterprise. You bring back Teddy Roosevelt's trust buster programs and rebalance this economy for American workers and for Main Street. At the expense of long-term stability for the many and who organized a historic grassroots campaign to reclaim our democracy. That's what they're doing in Seattle and Portland and Oakland and New York and Chicago and Minneapolis and all of these other uh, states that are being or cities that are being torn apart by Antifa and Black Lives Matter. The landscapers just showed up in the window outside of my studio here, so you might hear some background noise. In a time when millions of people in the United States are looking for deep systemic solutions to our crises of mass evictions, unemployment, and lack of health care, in el espíritu del pueblo. And- well, the solution to that is to get back to the economy before this pandemic destroyed it, but uh, the Democrats are not going to allow that to happen. They're going to keep their neck, their knee on the neck of this economy until they can drag Joe, old Joe Biden across the line. Out of a love for all people, I hereby second the nomination of Senator Bernard Sanders of Vermont <laughs> for President of the United States. <laughs> ah, AOC could not bring herself to endorse old Joe Biden. He's not far left enough. <laughs> and instead nominated old Bernie. So so Bernie could do with our, our awful, awful history. Pull down all of these damn statues and r- repent of our colonization and misogyny and homophobia. Oh my God. John Kerry. They, they trotted out John Kerry last night without a doubt, the most ineffectual and disgraced secretary of state that this country's ever had it. And it was not by accident that he did all of these things that so terribly damaged the United States. He spent his uh, formidable years uh, in the 1960s developing his anti-American bona fides, calling uh, the uh, U.S. military 
um, what, what's the word to use? Uh, a, a brutality not seen since Genghis Khan. He lied his ass off in that Democrat convention last night. Claimed that the Iran deal eliminated the uh, Iran's ability to build a nuclear weapon. No, it didn't. It gave them the money and the room to actually do that. Sent billions of dollars in cash that he could just hand out to Hezbollah and Hamas and continue... Suleimani's terrorist reign across the Middle East. We'll look a bit bit more at John Kerry's speech last night, right after these messages, right here on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. Stick with us. I've been working at Santa's workshop for a long time and thought I'd seen it all. That was until I learned that when you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet, you can save hundreds on your wireless bill. When you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet, you can get a powerful Internet experience and nationwide coverage on the most reliable network. Choose the data option that's right for you. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Based on root metrics by IHS Markets Root Score Reports 2H2020 of four mobile networks. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes. Coming to you on the Mojo 50 Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. So Tuesday night's Democrat National Convention was a murderer's row of these far leftist Marxists and globalist establishment politicians that have been making themselves fat at the expense of the American people for going on 40 years now. This included both Democrats and Republicans from the establishment. The Democrats are trotting out Colin Powell and Cindy McCain and John Kasich and all of these other uh, Republicans, these country club Republicans that uh, that were part of the two-party duopoly that Donald Trump broke the grip of, they uh, they have no home now. They're wandering in the wilderness, so they're coming in to the the virtual reality, alternate reality convention for the Democrats and trying to to get. Trump out of there so that they can return to business as usual when you had a false choice every four years. They liked it that way. They want it back. But, you know, putting John Kerry up there who ran for president and and lost to George W. Bush, there probably wasn't that much difference between what a Kerry administration and a George W. Bush administration would have looked like. But they brought him forward and, um, you know, he engaged in his uh, in the disinformation campaign that has become the hallmark of this convention. Hi, I'm John Kerry. For the eight years of the Obama-Biden administration, we led by example. 
We eliminated the threat of an Iran with a nuclear weapon. We no, no, you did not eliminate the threat. At the very best, it can be said that you kicked it a four years down the road. But the truth of the matter is they continue developing their nukes. This president is the first one that's uh, eliminated the ability for Iran to uh, develop a nuclear weapon. You, you've seen all of these mysterious explosions happening throughout Iran at these uh, nuclear development sites. The president is not taking uh, credit or responsibility for it, neither is Israel. Nobody knows how it's happening, but it is being systematically dis- demolished. And as a result of that, he is uh, consolidating the, uh, the support of the Arab world to counterbalance Iran's nuclear and terrorist actions across the region. We built a 68-nation coalition to destroy ISIS. We fi- <laughs> oh, my God. We've built a 68-state coalition to destroy ISIS. Well, how'd that work out for you there, John Kerry, asking permission from the French and the Dutch and the other weak-kneed uh, uh, Islamic overrun nations in Europe to take action to rein in the Islamic terrorist groups of ISIS and Al-Qaeda. How'd that work out for you? You had ISIS rampaging across the Middle East, putting videos online of them cutting the heads off of American citizens, drowning people in cages, burning them alive. And Barack Obama came out and said, this is going to be a generational project to appease ISIS. Donald Trump, one of the first things he did when he came to office is ask the generals what what they needed to wipe out ISIS. And they said, we don't need anything except your permission. And six months later, ISIS, the caliphate was destroyed. Now there's, you know, a few dead enders still out there that are being hunted down and, and killed systematically. But for John Kerry to come on and say and brag about the coalition that he assembled against ISIS, again, alternate reality. Coalition to destroy ISIS. We forged a 195-nation agreement to attack climate change. Yeah, to attack climate change by destroying the American economy at the same time shoveling hundreds of billions of dollars to developing nations who are going to be held to no emission standards whatsoever. And during the four years of the uh, Trump administration, we have reduced emissions, pollution in this country without all of the burdensome regulations that have been heaped on American business for decades. We stopped Ebola before it became a pandemic. Yeah, you had a guy fly over here from the affected region in Africa who they knew when he got on the plane was infected. They put a bubble around him and took him into an isolation center. Good job. You didn't have a, a enemy nation, communist China, deploying a virus to attack you so that the, then the Democrats could weaponize that virus for their political ends. Donald Trump inherited a growing economy and a more peaceful world. Donald Trump inherited high, high rates of unemployment, And the employment that did exist were part-time 
casual jobs that paid minimum wage with no benefits. He's the one that mobilized to, to try to bring back American manufacturing, got our unemployment rate to the lowest point in our history that benefited all groups that the Democrats used to cobble together their coalition. And finally, after 40 years of these disastrous offshoring policies, we were seeing rising wages. And like everything else he inherited, he bankrupted it. Oh, yeah, he, he bankrupted it because of the, uh, of the COVID attack on the United States. When this president goes overseas, it isn't a goodwill mission. It's a blooper reel. He br- well, no, it's not a goodwill mission. It's a mission of getting things done, of achieving national priorities, of protecting American interests, of pushing back against nations that are hostile to America. Breaks up with our allies and writes love letters to dictators. America deserves a... Writes love letters to dictators. He, he holds meetings with these dictators with a carrot and a stick. This is what will happen if you abandon your nuclear ambitions, and this is what will happen if you don't. It's called bold diplomacy. The president who is looked up to, not laughed at. Donald Trump pretends Russia didn't attack our elections, and now he does nothing. Well, actually, it's not pretending. The, the prime example of, that they cite of Russia attacking our elections was the hack of the DNC servers, none of which has ever been proven, and which uh, Julian Assange of WikiLeaks say never happened. Even the Democrats' own contractor said that we can't prove that Russia did that. I think we all know who, in fact, leaked those emails from the DNC. It was a Bernie Sanders supporter inside the, the, D, the Democrat National Committee. We all know who, he's, who his name was. He was murdered on a street after the first leak and before another announced a leak from, uh, leak from WikiLeaks about Russia putting a bounty on our troops. So again, a mythology, Russia putting bounty on our troops in Afghanistan. That that story has been thoroughly debunked even by the New York Times who had to write a long piece saying, "Well, maybe their story uh, announcing this was uh, you know, premature and they they really didn't have any evidence that the latest Democrat conspiracy theory actually ever happened." No, he won't defend our country. He doesn't know how to defend our troops. The only person he... He doesn't know how to defend our troops. I mean, it's, it's really breathtaking. You defend our troops by not sending them overseas to engage in stupless, stupid and pointless foreign wars, mustering the, uh, the national security resources to actually protect our vital interests. I'm not going to listen to this asshole, this guy anymore. <laughs> Oh, my God. Obama himself admitted that under this, this unconstitutional deal with Iran, by the way, it was, never, it was a treaty that was never ratified by the U.S. Senate, that Iran would, in fact, still obtain a nuclear weapon as early as 2025, And John Kerry and Joe Biden and all the rest of them 
uh, came out and condemned the president for killing the number one terrorist mastermind in the region, General Soleimani. And now the the terrorist regime is being dismantled. Uh, Iran's nuclear programs are being dismantled. And Hezbollah, its ability to um, to terrorize the region, is also on the run. So Sally Yates, where am I at on the clock? Sally Yates, the disgraced acting director of the Department of Justice after Loretta Lynch beat it for the hills, knowing all of the stuff that was about to hit the fan, was invited to speak as well. And uh, she continued the, the disinformation campaign. Good evening. I'm Sally Yates. Speaking at a political convention is something I never expected to be doing. But the future of our democracy is at stake. I'm here in my hometown of Atlanta. So I'm often accused of claiming to know everybody in Atlanta. And I did know a lot of people. I did not know Sally Yates. I never had a conversation with her. So put this down on the, uh, the, the, the ledger that I don't know Sally Yates. I have seen her on the street before. I knew that she was the, uh, the, the uh, federal attorney for the Northern District of Georgia. But I, I don't know Sally Yates. Where as a young lawyer, I joined our nation's Justice Department. For nearly 30 years, through Democratic and Republican administrations, I worked alongside my DOJ colleagues to advance our nation's promise of equal justice. I served as Deputy Attorney General in the Obama-Biden administration and stayed on as Acting Attorney General for the Trump transition. One of the biggest mistakes in Trump's administration was allowing Sally Yates to continue in that job. Then, 10 days in, I was fired for refusing to defend President Trump's shameful and unlawful Muslim travel ban. It wasn't a Muslim travel ban. It was a a travel ban from countries with high levels of terrorist activity that had no way of screening uh, passengers. (laughs) And if they happen to be Muslim, it's a self-defeating prospect if you're not allowed to ban them because they happen to be Muslim. Yes, most of the countries on the, the travel ban that ultimately, despite her her claim there that it was illegal, was upheld by the Supreme Court, were Muslim nations. But are you not allowed to, to ban terrorists entering your country if they come from certain protected Democrat constituencies. That was the start of his relentless attacks on our democratic institutions and a relentless attacks on our democratic institutions. While Sally Yates claims not to know that her department of justice and the FBI that's under the department of justice was engaging in, uh, political surveillance and infiltration of the opposing political parties. Alternate reality is what they're presenting to you. They try, trotted out the, uh, the, the guy from 2016, Kazir Khan, who uh, you know attacked the president at the 2016 D- Democrat National Convention. And then when the president you know uh, attacked him back, they said, well, you're attacking his son. You're attacking his son that gave his life for this country. 
And last night, uh, Kazir Khan, uh, in keeping with his his uh, history, trotted out the fine people hoax that pr- the president called the Klansmen and Nazis in Charlottesville very fine people. You would have been surprised if nobody had carried the message of that very fine people hoax. You don't know how many people uh, that listen to this disinformation actually know the truth. Another um, deplorable, <laughs> in my eyes, that they trotted out was Linda Sansour, who is, um, you know, this this um, radical Islamic activist adherent to um, Louis Farrakhan, who actually was so radical that they kicked her off of the uh, the woman's march because they uh, they had all of these writings and and uh, uh, video clips of her spouting her anti-American racist uh, rhetoric. Here's what she had to say when she appeared last night. The Democratic Party is not perfect, um, but it is absolutely our party in this moment. Yep, she's right about that. The Democrat Party is being taken over by these radical elements. Now, to Joe Biden's credit, he did uh, he did quickly realize the mistake that they had made by pulling back the veil on that, and uh, he he uh, very gently and diplomatically repudiated Linda Sansour. We got to run out to a break. When we come back, we'll finish up with this and get on to some other news right after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. So last night they officially nominated old Joe Biden and um, they had this, uh, this Zoom call. They were going to all of the states and they were showing us just different images of, you know, the Democrats coalition, <laughs> a, a, a traditional American family of a mother, father, and children was almost completely excluded from these images. And uh, Joe Biden was standing in a, a near-empty library at a local elementary school where his wife once taught for a couple of years to accept this nomination, looked totally bewildered and, and a- unable to comprehend what was going on. But this is what it sounded like when they nominated the old Joe Biden, the twice failed presidential candidate 47 year swamp creature that has constantly and repeatedly throughout his career sold out his office to the detriment of America's people. Thank you to all our delegations. I'm pleased to announce that vice president Joe Biden has officially been nominated by the Democratic Party 
as our candidate for president of the United States. Vice President Biden is hereby invited to deliver an acceptance speech. Well, thank you very, very much. From the bottom of my heart, thank you all. It means the world to me and my family. And I'll see you on Thursday. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So his family was standing behind him when he made that statement. Um, uh, Notable by his absence was Hunter Biden. Were any of Hunter Biden's grandkids legitimate and illegitimate? And uh, maybe that's where Joe Biden got the idea that he's got five grandkids because he's not allowed to be seen with uh, with all of them or with his own son. Hunter Biden, of course, is not going to be on the speaking uh, roster for the Democrat National Convention. Where are we at? Where are we at here? The pandemic with Alex Berenson. Alex Berenson, former a columnist or a reporter, I should say, for the New York Times has been doing the best work on reporting this um, this pandemic of any mainstream uh, reporter. And as a result, they're they're uh, censoring him on public uh, on uh, social media and trying to minimize the truth that he's telling. And uh, he is reporting very clearly that these lockdown strategies that were pursued in the United States and by many of the Nations of uh, Western Europe have been an utter and complete disaster. You know, the Swedes came under very heavy fire in March and April and even May. People said, oh, you know, they're letting they're letting this virus go unchecked. They're, you know, they're messing up what the rest of Europe is trying to do. They have so many cases and so many deaths. And guess what? Sweden appears to be through the worst, not just the worst, but almost its entire epidemic. There are very, very few people in ICUs uh, right now in Sweden with COVID. Uh, there are very few deaths this month in Sweden with COVID. Meanwhile, parts of the rest of Europe are uh, are seeing new rises in cases and more accurately, I should say positive tests because I, I have to say this over and over again. A positive test does not necessarily mean a clinically meaningful full case. It doesn't necessarily mean you're sick with the virus. So, right. so, so you know, the Swedish model is looking better and better. We're, we're not going to know, you know, for three months or six months or a year, but it is certainly looking better. Or we can be New Zealand. In New Zealand, they've sort of committed to this idea of we're going to have no cases. This is so terrible. This thing, which so many people don't even know they have and recover from without ever even realizing they were sick, is so terrible that we can have no cases. Uh, you know, on- all that the United States and New Zealand and these other Western European nations are going to do is drag this thing out unnecessarily. The response to this crisis was uh, was clear as day. I'm not a scientist. And I knew what it was. It was to isolate the vulnerable populations, treat the uh, the people that got sick, and allow your country to uh, gain herd immunity, which is about a 15 to 25% infection rate, so that we could put this thing in the rearview mirror. They're telling us that it's just, it's just coincidence that unlike every other epidemic in our nation's history, we shut down the economy instead, right on the verge of a presidential election where the people in charge are desperate to remove Donald Trump. Did you see this story where uh, the Goodyear Tire Company 
had one of these diversity sem- seminars. A diversity seminar is where they browbeat you and shame you into trying to denounce your whiteness, and they celebrate um, everybody else. Uh, they they tell you that all of the wrongs in history were because you were an awful, awful person who, like every other group in the world, has always looked to its own interests. And that uh, that your ancestors and your history have to be renounced and you need to grovel. The Goodyear Tire Company, uh, one of their employees, released some slides from this diversity seminar. It's one of these uh, white fragility type seminars that uh, is is so profitable and popular among the uh, the diversity lobby. And this slide was titled Zero Tolerance. They will be zero tolerance. And it's got two columns in it. One, which is acceptable behavior in the workplace a workplace at Goodyear Tire. And one that is unacceptable. One is, uh, on the acceptable side, Black Lives Matter apparel. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, pride, LGBTQIA, pride. On the unacceptable side is all lives matter. You're not allowed to acknowledge that all lives, including black lives, by its very definition, matter deeply. You're not allowed to support the police. You're not allowed to wear anything that says blue lives matter or any other support for the police. Because you see, supporting police is a political, according to Goodyear Tire. Anything with MAGA attire, make America first. Unacceptable. Zero tolerance. So uh, this is another one of these, these you know, corporations where the spineless people that run them are bowing to the, uh, the secular religion of Black Lives Matter. There's some things that are acceptable forms of political speech, and there are some things that you are not allowed to utter. You must bow to Oprah, the new goddess of your secular religion. Renounce your race and your people if you're white. You know, they, all, they often try to talk about institutionalized racism. If ever there was institutionalized racism, in our governments, in our education institutions, in our corporations. It is institutionalized racism against whites with this whole abolish whiteness theory. I'm looking to see if I've got enough time for this. This is a, no, I do not. I'll bring it to you tomorrow. It's John Stossel on this, uh, this abolish whiteness movement. Yesterday, the S&P 500 hit an all-time new high. Now, I'm happy about that because, you know, we've got some retirement funds in uh, index funds for the S&P. That's really the only way to invest your money. And, well, I guess you can, you can, it depends on your, your tolerance for risk. But it hit a, a brand new high, which I'm celebrating. But it, it is somewhat concerning that at the same time, Wall Street is doing so good. The blue state governors have got their knee on the necks of this economy. And uh, small business is suffering greatly. Of course, this is because the Federal Reserve 
is churning out money as fast as they can possibly print it. And the bankers on Wall Street have to find some place to put all that money, and they're putting it in the S&P and other Wall Street Dow Jones stocks. We had uh, primaries in Florida yesterday, and Laura Lomer, the uh, the uh, columnist for the Gateway Pundit, who had been banished off of Twitter and Facebook, they're trying to silence her because she asked difficult questions as a journalist. She uh, ran for and won the Republican nomination in Palm Beach County. I think that's uh, the 5th Congressional District of Florida. I'm not sure about that. And, uh, and that's, you know, qu- quite a, uh, accomplishment. She did run, she did have competition, but she was able to overcome being silenced by Jack and Zuck and win that primary. I don't think there's much chance that she is going to be able to beat the Democrat candidate in that, that solid blue County, but I wouldn't have thought that she would have won the primary either. So, so we'll see about that. Over in North Korea, Kim Jong-un has instituted a policy of confiscating people's pets. Authorities have identified households with pet dogs and are forcing them to give them up or they are forcefully uh, confiscating them to be sold to restaurants where dog meat is eaten. (laughs) Oh, man. Ah, you can't even eat your own dog over there in North Korea. You have to give it to the state so that they can they can use their Marxist policies to uh, to give to people according to their needs and take from people according to their abilities. The communist regime is banning all pets and confiscating dogs to be used for food during this economic crisis. It gets crazier and crazier, and I fully expect it's going to get even more crazy at tonight's Democrat National Convention, and I'll bring you all the news from that on tomorrow's show right here on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. I hope you'll join me. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. This episode is sponsored by schwans.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details.